Hey everybody, this is Kevin Kautzman with the podcast Get This. It's the show about things people love coming to you from the new downtown St. Paul, Minnesota studio. And it is Tuesday, May 19th in the foul year of our Lord 2020. And I'm really wishing I hadn't started to say that at the beginning of doing this podcast because it, it, it has proven to be true. Uh, I'm joined today by Kevin Sharuzzi. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, even though with everything with quarantine going on in this pandemic, I, I'm, I'm doing great and, and glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Right on. And, and where are you? I am in the midst of it. <laughs> I'm in New York City, Manhattan. Okay. All right. One of the greatest cities in the world, if not the greatest. I love that town. Where Where exactly are you? You're in, you're in Manhattan. Where, where precisely? Yeah. So um, I live in Upper East Side. Um, so I'm right on the corner of 77th Street and Lexington Avenue. Um, yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's actually a quiet neighborhood for mm-hmm. Manhattan. Yeah. And we're, we're nearby everything. I get to get to Midtown and Downtown pretty quickly. And I have Central Park here, too. So it's been really great during this whole pandemic to just walk to Central Park sometimes. Yeah, you're right near the reservoir, right? The Jackie Onassis. Is that is that what that is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot that they also refer to yes, and um, by the also by the East River where we have like a whole big park and the bridge and everything um, on the East Side River. Yeah. Yep. I used to live at uh, 96 and Lex, so I know the area. Great restaurants, great bars, just so much to do, and you have all the museums and everything. Uh, what's the What's the general mood in in New York City right now? Would you say? Oh man. Um... I think it's just a mix of everything, like it usually is. Um, you know, obviously uh, hoping the best and wishing the best for the people that are sick and, and the elderly, right, and people in the healthcare industry right now. Um, but there's also a lot of positivity as well, thank- thankfully. A lot of people are just going out to the park or people, you know, are seeing family, but obviously keeping the social distancing. Um, and people are just fighting. People are finding ways to, you know, do things in quarantine. And I think... I think it's still the same, just like it is always with New York City. People are just being gritty. People are, are being tough, finding ways to just make it happen. And uh, still still with uh, love and care towards each other. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the show about things people love. So that's been wild during quarantine. You know, it's it's meant to be a little shot of positivity. It's a, a chance to shoot the breeze and talk about it. You're in you're in fashion. That's your background. And you, you mentioned you have kind of a kind of a yeah. wild story. Uh, so I'd like to get to hear that and get to know you a bit. Yeah, man. Uh, wow. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Where, where uh, are you from originally? Well, I, I'm from uh, Queens, um, Flushing, Queens. It's, uh, it's a very Asian neighborhood. It's uh-huh. like Chinatown part two. Okay. And uh, coming from a, an Asian mother, my mom's from Taiwan. Uh, my father is Persian from Iran. And um, very interesting, you know, growing up in those two type of type of cultures. My dad is mostly American. He went to um, high school, college in Wyoming. Oh um, wow! So he got very... Wyoming, yeah. yeah. So he got super Americanized, you know, uh, and always told me about how everything is bigger in in Wyoming, just like it is in Texas. That's true. And that is true. Yeah, you're by. You're not too far from there, are you? Uh, you know, it, it's a little farther than you'd think. I do recall one time in my youth, I believe I ran a track meet in Wyoming because I'm originally from North Dakota. And you'd think, oh, that's not that big of a drive. But I, I kind of recall being on a bus for maybe 10, 12 hours to get out there. So it's not – everything out here gets big and weird for sure. But, okay, so the culture is though is kind of similar, right? Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, – 
I haven't spent enough time to really be able to say, but sure. I mean, once you get into Western North Dakota, you're into, you know, ranch country, oil country. Uh, yeah, probably a little more similar between, you know, Wyoming and and the Dakotas than, you know, New York and, and any of those places. Yeah, country. I can't it's wait country. to. I mean, Have you been? No, I can't wait to, to go. I, I've been to like different cities like Chicago and L.A. and, and Miami. And, and I've been to different parts of China and I've been to different parts of wow. Europe. Um, but yeah, I need to go. You gotta and I get, will oh, be going. Man, yeah, you do. You got to go see, see if you could find Kanye's ranch. <laughs> Didn't he buy a ranch in oh, Wyoming? <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> I would oh, love definitely. to see that. <laughs> you know, I would love. <laughs> this is a bit of an aside, but uh, one of my buddies, Jack, uh, he his last name is escaping me right now, but he is a uh, a fellow from Washington Heights, my old hood in in New York. And I remember when I first met him, we were hanging out at this bar, this little local bar, and he found out that I was from North Dakota, and he looked at me and he said, "You're from the West," and because he he grew up, you know, on the East Coast. But he's raised sheep out west for like 40 years or something like that. And he regu- regularly drives his truck all the way out to Wyoming. And he just – he loves nothing more than talking about that. So, yeah. A lot of, lot of well, strays out there, I think. A lot of transplants. And, yeah, you got to get out there. I can't, I can't, I can't wait to check. Yeah. He, and, he, and I love steak. And he was telling me how, like, you get the oh. biggest steak out there and and the bison burgers and all of that so oh yeah i i i definitely definitely can't wait you know and when you travel from what i experienced you, you definitely just open up yourself and your mind and i believe your soul you know just the times i've been to europe and, and asia so mm-hmm. yeah definitely can't wait um but yeah so growing up you know with those two parents it was it was pretty interesting i just uh had a lot of american in me i had a lot of asian in me i had some like persian culture injected into me and um, I, I kind of, uh, at first, as a teenager, got into a lot of trouble. Mm. I, I really didn't, you know, care about anything. I just wanted to have fun. I was like that rebel. So, you know, I'm here in New York, and I just start running around doing crazy stuff. And um, I remember I, I got into, like, a couple fights in, in middle school. And then my parents were like, that's it. You know, you're moving in with your older half-sister in southern New Jersey, um, in a town called Egg Harbor Township. And <laughs> oh man, that's a long way from Queens. <laughs> it was actually like three hours. Yeah. And um, have you ever been to South part of New Jersey? You know, believe it or not, I have. I have. Uh, it's and, just like the country, right? Yeah. You be so. Yeah, parts of New Jersey. It's farm farmland. Yeah. It, it was totally. You know, the first. I don't even know. The first year, I was. I still couldn't get over it because everywhere I went, it was like farm and fields and and malls you know so that's all it was and i was just like wow this is a whole nother life for me yeah um my sister she's uh like she's half we have the same mom different dad she's 12 years older than me so she had a whole family and everything situation going on she had a house and everything and my parents thought it'd be better if i go there and get away from the new york city scene and um you know, it was a very interesting experience. I, I definitely think it did, I, I guess, made me a little more wholesome. But my first couple of years, I still was getting into trouble. I mean, especially now I don't have parents with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm this teenager. And I and I thought that I was like this super cool kid from New York City, you know, coming to this like small <laughs> town or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm you sure know, they love so that. I had more... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I had more attention from girls and everything. Um, I just started 
you know, I started getting into bad trouble. I started smoking marijuana. You know, I started drinking a lot. And, um, you know, I definitely wasn't on the best path. But I I think if it wasn't for that, though, I wouldn't. it would not have led me to the successes I had later on in life, which, you know, which I'll say soon. But, I mean, basically, a few years of all this troublemaking and, and cutting school, I, I had over 35 unexcused absences in school. and uh, In one year? I, in one year, yeah. <laughs> you, you just like you took a month off, two months off. Oh man! I think the minimum was uh, like ten. Yeah. What were you doing? <laughs> what do you think in high school? Kid? Yeah, you yeah. You just hey. you just bombing around. You driving around. Yeah. Around smoking. Yeah. Uh, going to friends' houses. You know when their parents are not there and just drinking. Oh uh, yeah. But let's let's be real though. What is better than playing hooky? There's that extra, like, nice feeling of knowing you should be somewhere else. You know, it's nice. It's that rebelness. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was the biggest driving. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a rebel. You know. Uh, so wait, can I ask? I yeah. want to ask, how close is this town to Atlantic City? Oh, um, actually, it's only about a half an hour drive. Okay. So okay. kind of close. Yeah, that's why my sister uh, became like a manager in the food and beverage uh, department in the casinos there. And um, her husband at the time was like an, a, a director for like client services or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they, that's why they. That's mainly why they were living there. Um, but, I mean, I mean, no, no disrespect, uh, but uh, has it always looked that bombed out, Atlantic City? Because it <laughs> looks like it looks even yeah. that game Fallout, the apocalyptic video. It has like a quality of that. It's really rough. No offense at all. Yeah. It is a bomb shelter. It's. Not, uh, it's not looking good. The bus, I don't know. the bus station at Atlantic City is just, I don't um, know. I mean, it's it's something else. It's like, yeah. I mean, as soon as you get like a one mile or even maybe less from like the casino area, you see all these broken down houses and and buildings and stuff. And I was just, after all these years, I just don't know why they didn't really uh, pick it up. You know, it just it has so much potential. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not into politics or whatever. I don't know what the heck happened, but. Yeah, it was pretty sad. I mean, I just went there just to see my my sister and and, and you know my niece and nephew, and um, they, they have sometimes they have good shows. Like I think Kevin Hart, you know, went there sometimes. Jerry yeah, Seinfeld I think Jay Z will play there. Yeah, I mean, if they if you want to go to a comedy show or something like at the Borgata, that can be fun. I mean, yeah, it's I I've been, I went like three or four times, so I mean, it it got some of my money. I like blackjack. I'll go and play. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes some cool people go there. And then um, my sister, she got to hook up with like a nice hotel. So I would just get like a nice hotel or whatever. <laughs> was and that I while you were playing the- hooky? You'd go on like a Tuesday? <laughs> no, I wish. That would have been the ultimate hooky. Uh, my sister didn't even know until I think maybe like a year later. But man, yeah, it was crazy times. Um, I, I mean, you know, just playing hooky and, and just partying and all this stuff. Um, I I remember just practically begging the principal if I could just like get graduated, and uh, I don't know how I did it, but he agreed that I, I could graduate. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he said this: he said you're not allowed to go to prom, and that was like a dagger to my. I was like I was like this kid that like I really wanted to experience prom. Oh man, you know I wanted to go with this girl and all this stuff. I, sure, I had, I had a couple girls that wanted to go with me. I bet, but you know. I was like, I'm thankful that, you know, at least I get to graduate because I know my mom would kill me. If anybody knows about Asian moms, mm. it's like the definition of tiger mom. Like, 
you know, you bet. She was like, always since I was a kid, she was like, you better be a doctor or a lawyer or like a finance executive or something, or or you're not not my son, you know. So, oh wow, so a lot of pressure from from the Asian mom. Yeah, thankfully I, I had my dad. My dad was always like super chill. But anyway, um, yeah, I barely graduated high school. Um, and then my parents were like, you know what, you need to come back. Uh, it, it didn't even really help it seem like you being in high school. Um, you need to come back. And I was like, you know what, let me just come back. I think I need to pick myself up, uh, put myself back together, basically. So went back to New York. I literally didn't get into any college because of all these like bad grades and, and, and playing hooky all the time. I ended up going to LaGuardia Community College in uh, uh, Queens. And it, that's when like really like the reality hit me. I'm like, I'm 18 now, you know, I got the rest of my life ahead of me. You know, I, I can't be like living like this, you know, and I'm in community college. Like I had, I had way more expectations for myself. Um, so I just put the nose down. I started grinding hard. Um, and my dad, he's like a really wise man. You know, my dad never really created like much business success, you know, but he's very, I, I guess you could say philosophical. Um, you know, one of the things he told me that kind of changed my life was like, I remember going to my dad one day and I was like, dad, I have all this energy. I feel like I, I want to do something. I want to do a lot of things, you know, like what? But I don't, I was like, I don't know what I want to study. I don't know what major I want to go into. You know, what should I pick for a major? And, you know, I thought like most parents would be like, okay, you should pick this or you should pick that or you should be a, go into medical or go into business. And he was like, before you could even know what you want to do, you have to develop your willpower within yourself. And I was like, what the frig did this mean? That's, that's, that's a pretty good advice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know at the time. But like I said, it, it, it became a change in my life. So I keep asking. I keep asking my dad, like, I, I, what do you mean? Build my, how do I build my willpower? And he starts talking to me about, like, you know, uh, a man becomes a man when he builds up his, his gut. And, and it, it becomes a willpower when you feel that fire within you. It's like a fire gets lit up inside of you. And the way you get to that point is that you have to first break the laziness from yourself, from your being. You have to break the laziness. And then he started talking about like, there is a disease that almost every human being on planet Earth has. And I'm like, what is this disease that everybody has? He was like, is the, the disease called tomorrow? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll mm -hmm. do this tomorrow. I'll, I'll write that letter tomorrow. I'll make this phone call tomorrow. I'll mm -hmm. write this essay tomorrow. Whatever, you know. And he was like, the best thing is for you to start doing is to just get yourself busy. Just do whatever you think you got to do, whatever you think is important, whatever you is your responsibility. Just do it within three seconds. Don't even think about it more than three seconds, because once you think about it more than three seconds, you're going to go into procrastination mode and it's more of a chance you're going to wait till tomorrow. Mm. So if you do it right away and you keep doing things right when it pops into your mind, whether it's going to the gym or doing your homework or cleaning your house or whatever, or writing that letter, if, if you just keep doing things you gotta do right away, you're gonna start building that willpower. You're gonna break that laziness out of you. You're gonna develop this confidence and discipline. You're gonna start to feel that fire come within, inside of you. So I was like, this is super freaking deep. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna, I think I know what he's talking about, so I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> so I just doing this with, going to the gym or doing my homework or I got a second job outside of school and I would just, you know, be on top of that and um, cleaning, you know, helping clean out the house or whatever. I just kept doing what I got to do, like, right away. 
And I just, he was just like, you know, let your body take the control. Don't let your mind take control. Just keep your body busy all the time. And then you're gonna eventually have your body follow your mind instead of your mind follow your body. Um, so I started seeing this happen. Like it was after a few months, I started seeing myself get more confidence, started getting more discipline. And then maybe like after a year or two years, I started seeing like, wow, I feel like a different person. Hmm. And I do feel like this this gut level like confidence or I feel like, yeah, I feel a little bit of like a power within me that, you know, if I set my mind to do it, I will do it. Hmm. And I could, if I really want to pursue it, I can do it. And uh, I got, I started getting so many good grades and then I started doing good at my job. One of my first jobs was like at T-Mobile. I, I became like the top salesman at T-Mobile out of all of Queens or something like that. And um, then, I got into the student government at LaGuardia Community College and I started getting like a better resume, started getting better grades. And then I, I was able to get into Lehman College, which is still in CUNY, but it's like a CUNY is like one of those, you know, group colleges in New York. City. Yeah. Yeah. The CUNY but, schools uh, have a pretty good reputation. They, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great schooling. Um, but, you know, community college is community college. So I was so happy to, like, get away from that. And I started I my to, my first year was because uh, I left high school a little early and I did my first year at Bismarck State University or uh, uh, Bismarck State College, rather, BSC. Bring some crayons. Harvard on the Hill. That's what we called it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man. And then I, and then I transferred into the University of Minnesota. So, Yeah. Oh, you got to tell me how the heck you graduated like high school early. Oh, uh, it was just, I had to get like out of that genius. place. I was done. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. It was more like, I got to get out of here. This is not for me anymore. Uh, but I really, uh, you know, I enjoyed my my time at university, especially that I had one of the best professors I ever had was at that community college. Um, so anyway, yeah, wow. I don't judge at all. I think it's I think it's great. I mean, and your story is not uncommon. I think a lot of people struggle in high school because of all the social pressure. You're too immature, especially I think young men a lot of times. You know, you're just, you, you just want to wild out. You don't want to, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be trapped in those rooms and it's, it can be pretty terrible. And then I think, I think college is better for a lot of people. You have more independence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? You made me remember another thing that my dad said was that he was like, don't worry that, you know, you're, you're, you're not the best grades or you're not in the best college or whatever. He was like, most of the CEOs or the owners of big companies or the directors of big companies are the guys who have like C grades or B or C grades and the their employees are the ones who have like A. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You heard about that, right? There, yeah. There's, there's a, a point to that. Yeah. They're like overachievers can tend to, they tend to be very good rule followers, but entrepreneurs and potentially even like high end leadership types tend to have a bit of an edge. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And my dad wasn't saying like you know, uh, you know, don't don't strive for excellence. He, what he was saying was like, my dad was like, you, the biggest thing is you have to just know that work ethic. You have to have that work ethic, and um, you have to just be also street smart in addition to being book smart at the same time. And I mean, years later, I, I found this to be so true in my own life. But uh, yeah, so I uh, I ended up going to Lehman College. It was a lot better college. I started getting, got even better grades, um, and then. I ended up going into the urban male leadership program that they had in, in Lehman College. And I was really going through a lot of great personal development with everything going on. Um, and then I was able to get my last semester in at uh, Baruch, which is Baruch, you know, is like one of the best business colleges in all of New York City. Um, so I was pretty like proud that I got into like the best business college 
um, in New York City after go, starting out at, at community college, you know. And so at this point, I'm like, I'm really believing everything my father told me. And I'm really believing, like, if you just put your mind to something and if you just don't let procrastination get in the way, you just keep putting that work in, you know, you could achieve basically anything. And at the same time, I remember at Lehman College, what really also changed my life was I met another gentleman who was also getting his degree, um, Andre Hatchett. He was like my first mentor, like first like coach to me. He was like at 35 years old. He never got his college degree, but he didn't really need to. He already had like multiple businesses. He had like a few real estate investments. Um, he had like a notary, a mobile notary business. Um, so this guy was like a full-time entrepreneur, but he just wanted to get his, uh, his degree. So we became good friends and it was really like such a blessing to me because he, he really believed in me and he would just start being really close to me, giving me a lot of great advice, you know, being a good friend to me. And then we, we met at my junior year high school. So in my senior year of high school, at the end of it, he takes me to dinner at Red Rooster in Harlem. And uh, I'll never forget, he was like, what are you going to do after this, after you get your degree? And I was like, um, oh, I'm going to go get my MBA and then probably go into finance. You know, in the back of my mind, I knew that's what, what my mom wanted me to do. And then he was like, uh, don't do it. You're going to be miserable. <laughs> Just start, start your own fashion company. Yeah, so you're going to start your own fashion line. That's that's the idea. Did that come out of left field? I mean, what what made him say that rather than going to get an MBA? Your friend says, ah, no, you know, go into business for yourself. Yeah, it was just uh, totally left field. You know, uh, I I did not expect that at all. I mean, up to this up to that point, I had never worked in any shape or form in the fashion industry. No one in my family has, and uh, I never even studied anything in fashion up to that point. And he was just bold, you know, just straight looking at me in my eyes, you know, this successful entrepreneur just saying, start your fashion brand, just like that. And I was just like, what? And <laughs> that, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, can you repeat that? And, you know, he was just like, he was like, look, you know, and he told me even more later on that like, I could, he was like, I could tell in your eyes that you're miserable in your soul going into finance and that's not going to be for you. Mm. And I see it in you that you, you have a love for, for style and, and clothing and you have that, um, I could tell you have the raw materials uh, to be an entrepreneur. Um, so just do it. And at this point, it was like already a few years, you know, that's why I believe like, you know, I, things happen for a reason. I mean, it was it was already been a few years what I've been working on myself with from what my father taught me. And I was already like reading a couple of really good success books up to that point, which was like one was like Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, and another one was like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And these books were, you know, just game changing. Really, it really blew my mind about like the, the true uh, meaning of finance and wealth. And I realized like, you know, the school and the job way is not really the the path in terms of like uh, financial freedom and, and really living out, you know, your passions and everything. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it. And, you know, that's basically how it ended up at the end of the night. And I had all these like concerns. I'm like, you know, what if my, my parents like kill me and, and you know, I, I, how do I start? <laughs> that's pretty extreme. And- I mean, you know, but they, they already did send you to uh, to New Jersey. 
So <laughs> exactly. That scene already. on the parkway. <laughs> Leave the gun. Keep the cannoli. <laughs> right? Exactly. I anyway. hope I, I hope you don't throw me to like another country now. You know. Yeah. But, really. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming. But I, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, we we have cousins in Germany and we have cousins in Taiwan. So. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would have complained if I went there, but no, I definitely wanted to be in New York. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he, I was just like, you know, what if, how do I start? You know, where do I get the money from? You know, how do I find the connections? You know, how am I going to survive all of this stuff? Like, I was like, how did, and he was just like, don't worry, I'm going to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to kind of guide you and everything. And that really like, we just kind of, that was definitely one of the things that changed my life as well. Um, and to see somebody who, you know, already created success, but someone who wanted to basically pay it forward and just wanted to, you know, help somebody else see their potential, you know, because I, I kind of see it too, especially these days um, when I see somebody who is, you know, and, and I'm not against jobs or anything, but somebody who's at a dead end job and you know them, but you just know that they're they're built for more. Like they just have so much more in it for them. They could do so much more. They have so much more potential in them. And, and they're just pretty happy with a very, very, you know, mediocre life. You know, I, I just kind of feel like, oh, man, you know, imagine what this person could be. He could have a better life for his, for his family. He, he could be helping out the world more or, or whatever. So anyway, I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. And um, basically, my, within about a week, my mom, like, just had five straight days of arguing with me. And um, I was like, I got to move out. And, and she kind of like already said like she wanted me to just get the heck out. So, you know, I was ready to move out too. And uh, yeah, so I, I found a, a $800 a month studio in, in Jackson Heights, Queens. Whoa. And, what year was that? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, this was like 10, yeah, like 10 years ago. So probably around 2010, that is, 2011. That is affordable. You, I, I don't <laughs> think you could find an $800 studio in... Yeah. New York City now. Maybe maybe next year, depending on how, on how COVID goes. But wow. Was it was the place decent or was it like a, a, a closet? It was actually decent. It was <laughs> like an L, L-shaped studio. Huh. All right. Uh, it, it was just like about a 10-minute walk. It was a long walk to the subway station. Sure. Um, You're a young that, guy, though. That, that's not a big yeah, deal. I was, yeah, that's yeah, I was deal. 20, 21 years old. I'm like, I don't care. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, so um, – yeah, that was really like kind of like a godsend. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everything that actually started happening that was great for me, it was all because of from what my father told me, which was just like, you know, you see everything through. You keep working at something until you, you get you. He always taught me, like, never leave a stone unturned. You know, whatever you're, whatever you're trying to achieve, whatever you're going after. So, like, when it came to looking for an apartment, I literally, like, talked to everybody I knew. I, I called every, like, broker that I knew. Um, I, I went to so many different uh, listings. I called up so many different real estate agents until I found found the one. Um, so that was great. And then I ended up going to uh, FIT for a couple of years um, at night. I, t- I basically took the money I saved them in college and I put it into a two-year program at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Hmm. Um, this is like, you know, this is where a very famous, uh, fashion school in New York city, this is where like Calvin Klein went to and a lot of other like big yeah, designers. Yeah. I don't know the first thing about it, but except that when you're down there by FIT, you kind of know it. Uh, there's a certain look and feel among the young people down there. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, who's a famous person, like, in Broadway? Like, um, like Cher or, like, Neil Patrick Harris? Sure. Yeah, so, like, this is where, like, they would go to for, like, if, like the, the fashion people of that level, you know, mm-hmm. went there in their early years. Um, so I was definitely pretty excited. And um, so I was going there for night classes. I took a, I took, I got a certificate for fashion design. It was about two years to get all that done. So during those two years in the daytime, I would be, uh, I found it. I knew I had to get experience. Like Andre told me like, you know, you have to, you have to get gritty. You have to learn to experience. You have to like kind of, you know, get your hands dirty. And then you could just really could start having some success in the industry. So I knew I had to like, you know, really pay my dues. Um, so I got like a, I got a job at a small Burberry store in the Upper West Side. This is when they had Burberry Brit. Um, it's like a, uh, a sub label that has like all casual clothing. Um, it's not around anymore. But basically, it was like a really, really like small little store they had in, in the by Columbus Circle. And uh, I was working there, just getting experience. Um, it was like three days a week, and then on my days off, I was interning um, at fashion studios. Like one of my first fashion studios was at Zach Posen, which is he's somebody who is uh, a very famous designer. He dresses like a lot of celebrities with like couture gowns and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I was interning there like three days a week. I was going to work at Burberry store uh, like three days a week. And then on my uh, on the nighttime, I would be going to FIT like four or five nights a week. Um, so I was just all in, you know, and uh, it was such great experience I was getting. Um, it was, it was late nights, early mornings. Um, but I just knew like I had such a fire to, you know, get my dream accomplished. I I had to, I had to learn the industry and I wanted to really know the industry. Um, so basically like after a couple of years of all that, my, uh, my, my soul basically couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I have to start my fashion brand. This is killing me, you know? Um, yeah, this is as good a place as any as to, you know, to plug the, the domain, the URL for the website. Where is that? Oh, uh, yes, thanks. It's uh, my URL is kevinsharuzi.com. Uh, so it's my first name, last name, dot com, Kevin, K E V I N, uh, last name, S H A H R O O Z I. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was just like, I got to do this. And, um, you know, some friends and family were telling me, like, oh, you know, you're you should use another name and then some friends and family tell me like oh you should use your own name because you know you have like american but you also have that last name persian which is like kind of exotic you know so i was like yeah i like that you know american mixed with exotic um kevin shiruzi um so i i just started it from the from the ground up and i basically whatever money i was making like and it was not towards my rent or my food it was basically just going to my brand um i went on a journey first of like looking for like a manufacturer uh i went to literally like 20 or 30 different offices in the garment district in midtown manhattan knocking on doors trying to find a Whoa. manufacturer or like a, yeah like a yeah. maker to work with me you know um i used to have an office down there I used to work at an agency because of course i'm in digital i do you know websites and stuff so yeah when i first landed you know fresh off the boat from austin texas that was that was where i <laughs> i landed wild right down by you know right in hell's kitchen right by the uh port authority Oh wow! So you just got thrown into New York City too. <laughs> hey, all right, yeah, yeah, it's good, man. Yeah. So how'd that work out? So did you find somebody to work with down there? Yeah. So I, after like it was like maybe twenty places that, um, you know, and I want to share this because you know I kind of want to show share like you know 
the the value of persistence um i it was about 20 places that kind of just disregarded me or they just said they wouldn't work with my budget or or you know they only wanted to work with experienced designers i remember even one place i and i think i was a stubborn kid too uh it's kind of my fault but i got in an argument with this lady and she basically just closed slammed the door in my face so i uh <laughs> i went I went in there and I said, this is my sketch of my leather jacket and I want to make this leather jacket. And um, she said something like, I was like, how much is it going to be to make a sample? And she said something like over a thousand dollars or something to make one leather jacket, you know, and I was going to provide the, the, the fabric and everything. I just need her to cut and sew it. Um, but yeah, she was like, this is the regular price. And, you know, this is, I'm really busy right now, this and that. And I think it was just the whole like, going through 19 different places and still not find the right person. And I'm trying to just put, I'm, I'm all alone trying to build my dream. And, you know, now she's telling me this. So I don't even know what I said, but I knew I started yelling. I didn't say any nice words to her. And she basically just kicked me out and slammed the door in my face. So, um, But I still didn't like let that dismay me. And I still was going for it. So I don't know how, but oh, I think through like another student at, at FIT, um, he was also looking to create his own line or something like that. And he was like, look, uh, he was like, my friend told me about this like small little fabric store in Soho in downtown New York. And they have like a basement and in that basement. There's this couple of ladies and they're, and they're doing manufacturing. They're like making production. And he's like, let's go check it out. So I was like, dude, let's go. And uh, we go to this fabric store and it's it's in Soho and, you know, it's, it's a lot of fabric everywhere. And we basically asked the guy behind the register, like, um, you know, where is like the tailor or whatever? And, uh, you know, we go downstairs and he, he points us downstairs. So I go downstairs and I see like this um, older Asian woman and like another Asian woman. And I see all these like mach- uh, sewing machines and everything and they're making all these garments. And I was like, whoa, cool, okay. And then um, this is where, like, I finally thank my mom for what she did for me. (laughs) I (laughs) I was going to say, your dad got all the kudos. Your mom sounds like a bit, yeah, all right, okay, shout out to mom. (laughs) No, definitely shout out to mom because now I started spitting Chinese to this lady, you know, because I know know how to speak Mandarin. All right. And, uh, you know, she was like, whoa, this American young dude is speaking Chinese to me and all this stuff. And uh, so we really bonded. So we really connected. And uh, she was like, yeah, you know, uh, she gave me her prices. And I was like, whoa, this is like cheaper than any price that I've even talked about in, in Midtown Manhattan. And uh, I was like, thank you so much. So we just started working. So I finally started getting samples made. And um, and then it was like a whole nother roller coaster just to get you know things off the ground um, for doing photo shoots. I was like, what do I got to do? I, I was like, okay, I need to get photos. I need to get videos. I need models to be wearing it. And then uh, how am I going to market it? So I said, okay, I'm going to put money into like Facebook marketing. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to get like these photo shoots done. And I'm going to put it all over like Instagram and Facebook. I think Instagram just started that time. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. going to blow this up on Twitter. You know, I'm going to blow it up all over social media. Um, and I'm going to like knock on the doors of like every store in, in uh, Manhattan. So I, I get these models and photographers from Craigslist. And uh, uh, I know that. I know that life <laughs> to a point. Yeah, yeah man. Oof. Oh, well, the theater industry, yeah, there's a lot of people in theater, too. That oh, you, yeah, you know, right? yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. And I guess that's another reason why I love New York City. So uh, what happened? Uh, I, I just started getting photographers and models from there uh, through also FIT. You know, um, this is also something I learned about from, from Andre. And I think, you know, the business skills or the business acumen of myself also helped me as well, uh, where it was just going after it and networking. And um, also, I heard a lot of entrepreneurs in the past, and, and they still say it right now, like, you know, don't be scared to work for free. You know, work for free so you can learn and make the connections. You know, learning and making the connections is sometimes even more important than making money. So what happened one day was I was in FIT. Uh, I was wearing like some cool outfit or whatever. And I think I had like a cardigan with like some like crazy white pants or something like some. I, I forgot exactly what I was wearing. But there was this girl this, or lady or whatever. She was taking photos of different students walking around the FIT campus. And then all of a sudden she comes to me. I was sitting outside. I was reading a, a textbook or whatever at FIT. I was sitting outside. She comes up to me and she's like, hey, can I take a photo of you? I like your outfit. And I was like, wow, thanks. Okay, yeah. And hmm. then she says something like, like, I work for a magazine or whatever. And, and we're doing like street style photos or, or something like that. So she took my photo and then she starts walking away. She's like, thank you very much. She starts walking away. And in my head, I'm like remembering like what my father told me. I'm remembering like what, what Andre told me. It was like, you know, go out ask her for like, if I could help her, ask her if I could work with her in any way. What do you got to lose? Like, just ask her if you could just like volunteer or, or intern or whatever. And um, I just ran up to her and I was like, hey, hey, um, I just got to ask you, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking to build my experience and my resume and um I want to know if I could help you any way possible. I will work for free. I will volunteer for you. Can I be your assistant or something? Hmm. And this is like a lady that I don't even know at all, just, just took a photo of me for whatever, and then I just ran up to her. And she says, yeah, we're actually doing a magazine photo shoot next weekend. I would need, and I probably would need an assistant. You know, why don't you, you know, exchange numbers and you could be my assistant that day or whatever, whatever. And See, I that, like, can I interject and just say that that's a mentality yeah, that I appreciate because, you know, the world of entrepreneurship, the world of uh, fashion and design and other, th other things, a lot of it is project based. So you can come in and intern for a day. Yeah. All right. And then that might turn into something more. You don't have to commit to some sort of full time internship to get a little bit of experience and to network with people. That's something that if you're yeah. raised with that mentality of like, well, it's going to be a 40 hour a week job and I'm probably going to hate my manager or my boss. And, you know, at some point I'll go to another job. You know, that that mentality yeah. is it's just not the, not the hustler mentality. Uh, exactly. I, you know, it boggles my mind these days when I hear about some of these young people that, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to do no unpaid internship. You know, as soon as I graduate, I got to get a job. You know, I'm only going to do something if it's a paid, a paid gig. Like, you know, that's it. You know, whether it's in the finance or in the medical world or, or in the creative or whatever. And especially when I hear that from people that are in the artist world, you know, that just like boggles my mind. Yeah, it's, it's a little tricky. There's a lot of class issues around that. Not everybody, uh, you know, can afford it. But the, the mentality is maybe what's wrong. It's like, well, sure, maybe you can't take a right, full time right. internship. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be contrary here, but yeah, maybe maybe you can't afford to take a full time intern internship. All right, work a part time job and then do what you just described, where you try to get in on the weekend. Say, hey, I can volunteer, you know, a couple days a week. I want to get to know this industry. 
you know, very few people are going to turn you down for that. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, totally. Like, you know, first and foremost, you got to eat. You know that. Yeah, is, and you got to have a roof over your head. Abs- absolutely. Yes, I I agree with you. What I'm talking about is the mindset. Yeah. You know, and it's and and that's why I was I was saying my story earlier about how I worked at the Burberry store for a few days a week, and on my days off, I would go intern for free. At a design house, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I would yep. take classes at night. And my my point is that you know people who really are hustlers, people who really want to create success, people who really want to do something with their life, they're gonna figure it out. Like you, you, you just have to push yourself a little bit more. Or you have to be creative. But if you really want it, you're gonna figure it out. So maybe you could just find a, a, a part time job, and then when you're not working your part time job. Um, you could be studying or learning your craft or volunteering at, at the industry you're trying to get to. You know, there, there's all these stories about like this uh, a, a mom, a, a single mom with three kids, but she's also doing triathlons and she also has a thriving career, right? Yeah, it's it's about energy and that mentality and not uh, not relaxing in your mediocrity. <laughs> and that work e- with that, yeah. yeah, and that work ethic too, right? You gotta you gotta put the work in. At some juncture, you need to get paid, though, for sure. But I think there is something to be said for that idea. Again, of not don't don't give away forty hours for free unless you come from a you know a trust fund or whatever. But yeah, you could definitely get some doors to open if you're willing to willing to prove yourself. So how'd that end up working out with this with this gal? Well, well, first, if if you allow me, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Don't don't relax in the mediocrity. That <laughs> sure. is that is a nugget right there. <laughs> hey, all right, use it. Um, Kevin, I, um, I'm going to have to wind down here in a minute or two. I, I run a, uh, or I co-founded this, uh, playwrights group that, yeah, yeah, that meets and we meet via, um, we're meeting right now via Google Hangouts. So we'll wind this down, but I want to ask you if you, uh, would potentially be willing to come on to this other show that I've started to do with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, he's an, he's an actor. His name's Lenny Platt. Um, and then it's my screenwriting partner, Abby. We created a show. It's going to be a video podcast. It's called Under the Influence, and it's going to be about influencers. Uh, and you, you obviously know your way around on Instagram for fashion and all that. So you could be our fashion guest for the first season if you're willing to come on another show. Oh yeah, I would love to. Thanks, yeah. uh, especially I'm in I'm in quarantine now. So yeah, um, <laughs> when, when is it? Yeah, we'll we'll I'll, we'll be in touch about it. Uh, we're still putting okay, the, the yeah, website sure. together and everything, but yeah. And this this Holy, podcast, and I didn't is, know yeah, go we ahead. were already an hour. Sorry. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, we'll go for another. Let's go for another five minutes. I want to kind of hear the the rest of your story. Um, uh, but this is the Get This Podcast. You can find it at getthispodcast.com. And we're talking to Kevin Sharuzzi, uh, who is a fashion designer uh, in New York City. So yeah, pick up where you left off, Kevin. Were you so so you start interning for this gal? And then what is what does that lead to? Oh man! So basically, um, I go into uh, doing her photo shoot with her. I'm her assistant. She like has me doing crazy things. Like she's like, "Here's my credit card." Uh, in the middle of the shoot, like go down the street to that store and buy these sneakers. And then I, I bring him back, and she's like, "Here, here's like here's a whole bunch of scotch tape. Put the tape underneath the sneakers." I'm like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> what and she was like. She was like, oh, all the stylists in New York do this. Is that so that the, the sneakers on the bottom, they don't get dirty and then we could return them. Oh, I man. I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. 
so you you see like I'm, I'm starting to get like the real life knowledge because i i volunteered you know these are things that you don't learn in school um so anyway i i volunteer and then she introduces me to the guy who's kind of like in charge and he is the owner of the magazine and we actually hit it off and everything and then he's asking me about me and i'm like yeah i just started making my samples um, I just did like a photo shoot with some models, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to grow myself. I'm really trying to start my brand and everything. And then he's like, oh, my magazine is about to do a fashion event in the, uh, and it's, it's a magazine party and it's going to be at the Rush Arts Gallery in Chelsea, Manhattan. Mm. Matter of fact, I'm going to have some models there. Why don't you bring your samples of jackets there? We put it on the models and then we have a fashion show for you. Mm. And nice. my heart basically like dropped like below the ground. And uh, I was like, yes, thank you. And this was like one of my, this was, this was my first fashion show. Hmm. And um, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, basically from there, there on then I just kept on building, making connections. I kept on networking. Um, I, uh, it, the first fashion show is funny too, because I was just networking and I, and I network again with Chinese people. So again, shout out to my mom. Um, I came across <laughs> like some, some young Chinese people in, uh, in New York city. Like they just moved here from China and they're going to college over here or whatever. And then one of them was like, Oh, I have this radio station. It's in wall street. I have a whole office and everything. And we, uh, we broadcast to all the Chinese people all around New York city. Why don't you advertise your, your fashion show there? So I, I just put that out there and literally the day of the fashion show, it was a line literally around the block like twice. Hmm. How old were you? Like, I was like 23 or 24 Ooh. years old at that time. Did you have any idea what was happening or were you just completely going on gut? I, completely going on gut. You know, I was like in complete euphoria. But yeah, it was just completely on gut. I, it was just everything that my father taught me uh, from just – and, and from, from mentorship of just pushing yourself and, and never giving up and keep persisting and don't stop until you've tried every single possible way to achieve what you want to achieve. Um, and you'll never know what's going to happen. You, you cannot, you cannot plan everything. You just have to go for it sometimes with that intention that you're going to get that big picture in your head done. And things are, things will just fall into place. You're going to meet the this person that you have no idea that you would expect to meet, you're gonna you're gonna bump into this project. You're gonna get this project come upon you that you had no idea was gonna come upon you, but that's gonna help you in your career. And uh, yeah, I think that just all culminated with that that first fashion show. Well, Kevin, I hate to cut this short, but that was really uh, very cool. I love hearing that story. It's a great New York story. And people can find you at kevinsharuzi.com. You're also on Instagram. I just found you uh, and. Um, correct me if I'm mistaken here, but it's S H A H R O O Z I Kevin Sharuzi.com and the Instagram uh, handle yes, sir. is the same. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be in touch when this comes out, but we'll also talk about that other show and, uh, That'd be fun too because that's a video podcast, so you can wear one of your one of your awesome jackets. Is that you were wearing one of your oh, own jackets nice. for this one, right? But people can't yeah, see it. Yeah, it's got kind of a James Dean look. Very cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, leather jacket with Sherling collar. Um, but hey, man, thanks so much. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Um, it was just a, it was an honor and a privilege. All man, right, man. Yeah, share, take care of yourself man. here in uh, in quarantine, and uh, I'll be in touch. Take care, Kevin. Thanks. Okay. You All right, man. Looking forward to it. Later. Okay, man. Bye bye. 
Thank you.